0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. The Everything Sequel Podcast contains explicit language. You have been forewarned. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is a 2009 edition. We're talking single sequels. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man dragging me out of the shack, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Say hi, Tom. Chicken and broccoli. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you guess what, which of these 2009 single sequels that line is from?
0: I'm gonna say crank two. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think the accent
1: gave it away. But um, <laughs> one of the many. As did your nonsensical... impersonation. Yeah, your one great of, work. One of the many. <laughs> Thank you. One of the many nonsensical one-liners uttered in that film. Oh man, um, and there are many. It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, I liken it to Arnold Schwarzenegger having a stroke while filming one of his hard-boiled one-liner deliveries. Yeah. <laughs> this is sort of like, so, okay, so Arnold, Arnold, the line is hasta la vista, baby. Go. Go action. Ah, <laughs> chicken and broccoli.
0: <laughs> Arnold's most He's famous line. He's talking about what he had for lunch. Of mm. I'll Be Back, he argued with James Cameron about for a long time. He always wanted to say, no, I would say I will be back. And Cameron would say, shut the fuck up and just say I'll be back. <laughs> that's the I wonder line. if that's the I wonder if that's the origin of Up and
1: At Them from yeah. the Radioactive Man <laughs> episode of The Simpsons. I wonder if they knew about that argument and that they were like we can we can do something with this with Rainier Walker. Something with trying it. to say up and at them <laughs> I also love the fact that in in the Simpsons version, like the 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 dialect coach doesn't manage to talk him down. He just ends up saying it more more actorly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but not them better. <laughs> better.
0: <laughs> I gotta tell you, mm-hmm. this wasn't easy. No. So it, I mean, let's tell it the feels people. like it should be. But it's not. Yeah. (laughs) So we're here to rank the 2009 single sequels. As previously mentioned, Crank 2 High Voltage is one of those movies. It is. As is The Pink Panther 2. Mm Mm-hmm. As is Halloween 2. Rob Mm -hmm. Zombie's Halloween 2. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Very important distinction, yes. Uh, And we got Into the Blue 2. The Reef. The Reef. The Reef, yes. Thank you. I was just going to say, I forget what comes after the colon. <laughs> there's, no
1: reason, there's no reason why you would remember that, so I thought no. I'd just throw it in, because I happen to be looking at that title uh, right now.
0: Oh, great. And then lastly, Che, Part 2. Mm-hmm. A movie I think you questioned for a second. You're like, is it really a sequel? Like, it does seem think. think <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think that was just me being being grumpy i think once i sat down and thought about it um i i realized that it's it's de- it definitely should be on the list Mm-hmm. and what and after seeing the movie i think uh, i think you're absolutely vindicated there
0: yeah yeah sure it's a part two
1: <laughs> it is a, a part two yes
0: yeah yeah well man 2009 came hot and heavy with these sequels let me tell you well because Just, just for the listeners' information. No,
1: for the listeners' information. So, just, just for, just for the listeners' information. um, This is only half of the single sequels that (laughs) were made in two thousand and nine. So, we, we're tackling the first five, based on availability, I guess. Um, And uh, at some point, we're going to follow up and do the final five (laughs) single sequels. And initially, it it doesn't make sense that there. Would I thought be we were so gonna many. play it off like we didn't do our job again. Uh, no, I, I <laughs> well, I think it's more important to recognize that there are ten single sequels made, at least ten. That's true. That's where that's that where would, our that our that we currently know in. of. Yeah. Uh, yes, the, yeah. at the time at the time of recording, there are ten uh, single sequels made in two thousand nine. Because it doesn't make sense that there would be so many. The reboots and franchises are in full swing by this point. You'd think that would supplant the need for single sequels. Um, But when you break it down, it starts to make a little more sense. Because the reboots have been out long enough now that their sequels are coming out. Mm -hmm. So two of the movies that we're doing uh, in this run are reboot sequels. Yeah. You've got the director DVD market, which is still you know huge. So, yeah. uh, you're gonna you're gonna get a you know a low end video sequel. We've got a, we've got one in this run, and we're gonna have more in the in the second half. Yeah, and then I guess the other context that you need to think about is Hollywood playing with the idea of the multi part film for its franchises. So Harry Potter splitting the final book into two movies. Sure. Uh, the Hunger Games with... is gonna do it. Twilight's gonna do Twilight, it. Twilight, yeah. Um, and you know, all the way through to Mission Impossible, in the past year, mm-hmm. they they they've done it as well. So when you put all that together, you realize why there's so many single sequels in this one year, when there technically shouldn't be. I'll say. <laughs> and
0: surprising. you know, the,
1: when we do, you know, when we when we take a year in isolation, it's always a grab bag. But yeah. Yeah. this this is this, this grab bag contains like both foraged wild moss and a popsicle. You know what I mean? It, it just runs the gamut. <laughs> <cabin. laughs>
0: well, the other thing that I uh I, I'm just sort of flummoxed by. Yeah, this front half of the movies is. Mm. You know what does it mean for a movie to be good? What does it mean for a movie to be bad? Because <laughs> yeah, you know, you have sort to put that presti- in a different there's context sort of a pres- for
1: every single movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's like a prestige kind of a film within these five films mm-hmm. that I think had aspirations. Yes, for sure. You know, Oscar or otherwise, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think that that came to fruition as no. i recall and you know i You're just talking come about crank high it. voltage of course yes of course of course <laughs> yes. the, the 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 ending credits alone show you their aspirations
1: uh, <laughs> what's the opposite where, of where, aspiration
0: yeah where they were lying with their aspirations but <laughs> <laughs> But the, the funny thing is, you know, I I remember, you know, uh, I'm trying to be cagey, but Che Part Two, yeah, sure, is obviously that movie, and we'll talk good bad later, but I'll come right out and say, I you know, I think I I saw Che Part Two in the theater, mm-hmm. I saw three of these movies in the theater. Wow. Yeah. That's that's what,
1: that's only one less than you could have actually seen in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is my yes. math math correct? How you did you know how terrible my math is? That's correct, right? <laughs> yeah, that does sound so correct. So there's literally only one of these movies that you missed in the theater.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, I'll just come right out and say. You know, I think Che Part 2 might be the last movie I'd want to watch again. Really? Out of all of these movies. interesting. Yeah. Out of all of these movies? All right, all but one. Oh, well, fuck, this is no. Good. I saw four of these movies in the theater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which, forgot. which
0: is the maximum?
1: Which is the maximum? Yeah.
0: That's the maximum. Yeah. I saw them. That's all.
1: like saying you saw all these movies in the theater because one of these movies you are not able to watch in a theater unless you rent the theater. Privately one of these movies, I have on a, no information. A DVD. Yeah, one of these
0: movies, I have no information for budget and and how much money it made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is going to be interesting because
1: uh, from the sounds of it, I think I think we're going to have a lot to argue about. Okay. Good. Because um, it, it doesn't sound like we had the same, exactly the same experiences with these films. It was, for me, it was a journey, for sure. Mm-hmm. With uh, high highs and low lows. Oh, high highs. Well, um, <laughs> I was watching them through. I, I mean, I, it, it's such a, you know, I've always, whenever we do these, I always credit you with coming up with this format because it. <laughs> I find I find it so fascinating to because you have such different movies. Yeah.
0: It's really It's and yet it's, that, it's it's such a it, like you said, it's a journey. It's such an interesting journey to go on. And yet there are these
1: weird commonalities like dream horses and made up quotes at the beginning of the film. <laughs> So it's like, it's a snapshot of like what was in the Vanguard at that point in cinema history. Yeah. And that just adds a whole extra layer of, of, of it um, for me and helps helps me get through the bad times. And there were a lot of those. Mm hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to. I think. I, I think. Uh, it, this episode is going to be interesting, but when we go through the movies individually, I think it, it's it's
0: we're going to have some arguments. Okay, fascinated. Mm. Now, despite <laughs> despite my my earlier declaration, well, first of all, you have anything else to say before we yeah, kind of dive in? Or? I
1: I don't no I I, I don't think so. No, okay. I think uh, yeah, I think we're that's that's good uh, scene setting
0: perfect. Do you want to go first? I can. I'm going to go first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you I was like starting. Bal- you, you sound like Alec Baldwin in The Departed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you have a perfect service record? I have a perfect service record. You work out? You one of those workout freaks? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh at the time at the time of re- at the time of
1: recording then he's in trouble again oh really like that like <laughs> well he's been recharged with for the uh, same shooting with yeah for the same for the uh, he's been double jeopardied
0: <laughs> he's better called Tommy Lee Jones and <laughs> Ashley Judd
1: <laughs> as the theme song to droids goes he's in trouble again. <laughs> gotta watch droids mike you've got to watch droids it's like a cartoon rockford files it's amazing well i've got the time now (laughs) yeah go that's it that's where you should during covid star wars vintage is the place to go
0: (laughs) all right so what i was gonna say was despite my earlier declaration to me, there is only one movie that could go to the top of this list. And despite the fact that it's the movie I would probably want to watch the least out of all but one, it is Che Part 2. Okay. Yeah, you, you really, you, you love to
1: talk yourself out of crazy. I said this on a, on a <laughs> I think on our previous episode, we were ranking our top five sequels from the, from the year of podcasting. Um, it's like you like to go right up to the line of ignoring the, <laughs> the obvious thing to do but you talk yourself out of it so you know just an, a note for the future go ahead you know if you see yourself at that line go ahead and jump over it
0: and go crazy let's see what happens I mean here's yeah, the thing like, I, was, I was very much reminded of the Jaws 2 Jaws 3D <laughs> <laughs> Conversation because well
1: I can't I can't help you out there because as I said I I was probably
0: wrong uh, <laughs> in my rankings for that yeah movie. because there's one movie that I like I think more but one movie that I acknowledge is a better movie and a better made movie yeah and yeah, fa- this movie falls the same squarely into that category with yeah. Steven Soderbergh clearly the most capable director out of all of these people
1: (laughs) well when you put it like that i mean (laughs) you know i see why you talked yourself out of crazy yeah Um. (laughs) i felt like i didn't have a choice so this is really interesting because i felt kind of hamstrung by this as well i felt that it would be a cop-out to put the worthiest of these movies at the top of the list
0: yeah that's how i felt
1: right exactly I felt like it shouldn't automatically go there just just because it is it is clearly the best made movie with the most capable cast and crew of right. these films. <laughs> yes, which which makes no sense when you say it out loud. But <laughs> <laughs> but also but 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 here's here's where here's what I also put J. Part Two at the top of my list, and here's okay. why it's not be, it's not because of that. It's because. First of all, I'm a sucker for a well-made historical movie. Mm-hmm. Mid-century American is my preferred flavor mm-hmm. of those. So I'm already in the bag. Okay. But secondly, I thought about what we do on this podcast, which is to celebrate movies that are quality in their own right but make use of the serial format to tell a continuing story and and shape part 2 ticks both of those boxes so sure after watching the movie and kind of thinking about it i realized that that this is a this is a it's a great
0: sequel and it deserves recognition so i agree with all of that there was one other thing that put it above everything else for me as well and it has to do with the kind of for lack of a better description, war movie that it is. Most people I mean, would I say... I think we're
1: totally on the same page here. Okay. I think we're totally on the same page, yeah. So, I, I, the way that so- Soderbergh films warfare in this movie is yeah. so interesting.
0: Very. And, and successful. And it's really successful and the thing is, is, like every I think everybody would say that every war movie is an anti-war movie. But how true is that? Like I get the horror that that platoon makes you feel for the people that were in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But there's this, I don't know how to describe it, this uh, this little part of cool, yeah, that all war movies seem to have, that hook mm-hmm. into whatever fucked up fragile psyche is in the male ego. That's yeah. that makes you think it would have been cool to be there. And there's none of that in this movie. And that's the thing, no. like the isolation, the pain, mm-hmm. the fear, the 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 real true kind of horror of feeling alone, even within the midst of your own unit. uh to me, is what really sets this movie apart. It's the most anti-war war movie I think I've ever seen. And that sets it apart for me.
1: I agree with all of that, and I'll, I'll go even further and say I think that most war movies, even those that propose to be anti-war, are also kind of pornographic war movies in the yeah, sense that, right. they, that you're getting your kicks from seeing warfare.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, that, and I remember... You know, when I was back at college, you know, reading an article by one of my teachers, uh, V.F. Perkins, who said exactly what you're saying about Bridge on the River Kwai. He said this movie comes out at the end and tells us it's an anti-war movie. And yet it's been glorifying war throughout. Uh, You know, it's like this is like crying rape, you know, it's sort of like it's a and I thought you know that made me think differently about war films that that you know that sort of adjusted and I've always had that in the back of my mind and I've always been slightly suspicious of those uh, those movies that think they can be anti-war by upping the amount of uh, visceral like uh, gratuitous violence in them yeah and I think Soderbergh has found another way to go with this where you focus on the effect on the individual and you watch people's reactions to violence yeah and I think, I think that is, you know, when, I, I mean, there's, there's one moment, there's one absolutely devastating moment in the movie where you see, you know, an an act of slaughter through the, through the eyes of a, of a farmer who's kind of, um, yeah. sold out the gorillas and it, it's just devastating. I've never seen anything like that before in a war film. Not that this is just a war film, but that's an element, a strong yeah, right. element of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's all we need to say for now. But um, it's yeah. also at the top of my list. But I felt that resistance because it's definitely the most self-evidently legitimate of these movies. Yeah, and exactly. It, <laughs> and and that's what troubled me because I, I, I felt it was getting automatic credit for just being what it is. But
0: mm-hmm. I actually think it goes above and beyond what it could be. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing I struggled with is that it's a fairly long movie. I think it's, what, like 2 hours, 11 minutes, something like that? Mm Mm-hmm. 2.15. It's over two hours. Yeah. And so much of it is repeated scenes. I mean, we're seeing kind of the same thing over and over and over. I think there's a point to that from Soderbergh. Very much so, Yeah. But it makes it mm-hmm. kind fair of a slog enough. to get through, you know. It can it can become boring at times. <sighs> I don't For know. Me. I ne- so
1: yeah, no, and 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 fair enough. And I I I feel like I feel like if I was watching a movie in a different milieu, I might have said the same. But there's something about that mid-century.
0: Yeah, you uh, respond to that
1: period and locale that just. It, it was a very even though it wasn't trying to be an easy watch it was still an easy watch mm-hmm. okay <laughs> just because i i just you know i i can just drink in i mean the scene you know the, the scenery is so beautiful as well i think that's it is, a big yeah. part of it as well uh and then whenever they get into you know any kind of urban milieu it just looks so it just pops with that mid century period design that i'm i'm hooked so my eyes are already glued to the screen and that help you know and and that means that it's less of a slog for me but i think that's very personal Mm -hmm. all right and you know i don't know is it's one of the most more successful attempts to do what a lot of biopics were doing at that time which was to take one very small section of a person's life and make it represent the whole thing yeah right I'm thinking of, like, Walk the Line, you know. It's like, Johnny Cash fought an ostrich. Why the fuck am I focusing on this one period in his life? Why can't... <laughs> I, I want to see him fight an ostrich, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's Greek mythology shit, you know. He fought the ostrich and, and, and survived. But but this, this did a better job to me of, like, yeah, this is totally represent... You know, even... Even if you haven't seen the first part, and I have not. Um oh, okay. <laughs> would be no surprise to anyone who's listened to prior episodes of this yeah. podcast. I was like, you know, this 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 still tells me everything I need to know about Shay Guevara. Sure. And right. it, and it's literally what, like a, a year of his life or year, like yeah, about? a
0: year and a few days, a week maybe.
1: So I don't think anyone's done that as successfully as as Shea part two, possibly part one has. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm well assuming that's the other that thing Calder's that's interesting to year. me about that movie is that we have context to to lay on top of it about the man himself yeah you know when you're it's interesting because of course he was involved in getting fidel castro uh to overthrow the government in cuba mm-hmm. but when you can layer you know the idea that the the oppressed become the oppressors on top of that. Yeah. And that Che never got to see that because of what happened in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that, that to me is, uh, like, I would be fascinated to know what Che Guevara thought about what became of Cuba. But we never, you know, we didn't get to, yeah. we, he never got to find that out.
1: And again, is great historical film. You know, a great historical movie will be cyclically relevant to whatever. Yeah, sure. We're currently going through. Like, I it made me the watching it in in uh, tw- early twenty twenty four. I thought about Israel and Gaza. I thought mm-hmm. about um, the capture of Saddam Hussein. That's like all of this. I did too. Was, totally. Yeah. Like s- some of it. Some of it is intentional because it's after the fact, and then another part of it is like. This is gonna happen again because that's yeah. history, right? That's what and, we do. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what we do. I, again, that's that's one of the ways in which you know you've got a you've got a great historical movie on your hands is that at some point it's gonna come back into fashion, in the
0: worst way possible. Yeah. Well, I feel we keep talking about Che Part Two for fear of going on. <laughs> no, but... I'm happy to. No, I'm happy to go
1: on. I've. I've uh... I you know you know how they talk about that runner's high that happens after like about what three miles five miles or something like that which i've never physically experienced myself and you know if we had a visual component to this podcast you'd know why but um it's (laughs) it's never anything i've directly experienced but i feel like i've been watching these movies over such a long period of time and like picking up like you know, one of these movies I started watching and then finished watching months later, and it felt like I've I've been I've been doing it for so long that I almost started to get delirious and high towards the end. I mean, it helped that the last one I watched was Shea Part Two, which is a great one to go out on. But yeah, I feel like I'm in a, a state of euphoria about it. So okay. I'm happy to. Well then, Happy I to ask talk you, sir, about whatever you
0: want to talk about. <laughs> what, what, do, what is second on your list? Well, second on my, second on my list is. Because this is a where the rubber that... meets the road, isn't it? Like, this it is certainly we... is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we do can you both... value?
1: Even this is the weird thing. Even if we didn't like Shea Part Two, we could both argue for it being the top of the list. Right. Incidentally, we both seem to like it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but, so, the second movie on my list is a movie that I don't think I understand. I don't even know if I like it. But I have so much respect for the number, the sheer number of sideways choices made in the frame of one feature film. Oh, I'm afraid we might have the same one. (laughs) And... It's also a movie that seems to be aware of its own status as a cash grab sequel, which is something we seldom find when we do sequels. Uh-huh. Uh, Gremlins 2 has it. I think yeah. Wayne's World 2 has it. I can't think of many other examples. So for those reasons, a more uh, second on my list is Crank High Voltage. Oh, okay. We're different. <laughs> oh, okay, good. And, and I feel like I'm out of my depth with everything to do with Crank High Voltage. I don't even feel like I understand it in the context of 2009 single sequels because it doesn't fit into any of those boxes that I previously laid out. So it's this such film an does not feel like of it, a movie it should be made in any era at all. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a film that should ever exist.
0: Right. And
1: but I really sheer...
0: admire I really admire its choices. <laughs> you do including all the misogyny and racism <laughs>
1: stylistic choices there we go okay fine not po- not, po- not political choices the style stylistically i i i feel like i feel like there are art movies that take less risks than this movie okay <laughs>
0: that's fine and i i i in spirit agree with you You're going to be so mad at my next choice, but...
1: That's all No, I
0: probably... That makes me happy. Uh, (laughs) Because I... Like, that's the thing. With the rest of these movies, I really didn't know what to do. Because they're all oddballs in their own way. I couldn't get over how much Crank 2... Just a few years before Me Too, and before this re-examining in Hollywood, like how brazenly it thinks its yeah. humor is the humor that should make everybody laugh, and so that's why it it ticked down a box for me. Okay, and... that's inarguable. you you're you're absolutely right. I was I was kind of flummoxed by it. But I understand everything you're saying about the choices that it makes. Especially say the end of that movie. What a crazy. I, I, literally, choice. I spent
1: I spent the whole movie thinking what could possibly happen next and I never guessed right. <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: You don't think never, that never, never, fuck never. in the middle of a horse no. race.
1: <laughs> right. And then, you know, in the last few minutes of the movie, I'm like well, I guess this is one way for David Carradine to go to leave this world. This <laughs> is his last movie. Yeah, before oh. he before he auto asphyxiated himself. Yep, and I gotta say, I think uh, <laughs> I think this, I I think that was the less embarrassing thing that happened to him that year. <laughs> Than appearing in appearing in Yellowface in, in the in crank high voltage.
0: Yeah, yeah, you might be right. All right, well, I I can't believe I'm going to say this. Yes, you can, because I can't even argue for this movie too much. It fails on so many different levels, but on one level, there was something <laughs> that I got in this movie. That seemed like a good choice, that I understood, that made sense, and that movie's the Pink Panther too. <laughs> I was with you
1: right up to the word pink. <laughs> I know.
0: Huh. All right. This movie's so stupid. Not stupid enough, I would say. Yeah, you might be right. But there's one good idea. I'd, li-
1: I, I, I'd like it to have been made at a time where Steve Martin was not thinking more about being a playwright and playing the banjo. Yes. That's and the thing. And working more on being a... I being mean, we'll get world, into it when the we get class into it. Ca- the world-class clown that we know he is. Yeah. Which he does
0: not exhibit in that film. The biggest problem with the Pink Panther 2, or this, this incarnation of the Pink Panther, to me, is Steve Martin. I think he's terribly miscast as Inspector Clouseau, <laughs> and this it's, is one of the almost, funniest people in the world. It's almost too obvious. Yeah, no, I,
1: I think it's it's about where he is in his career. Yeah, I think he's in he's in a limbo between two stages of, of, of his career where he's a viable comic actor. I think the other part is it, it's it's too obvious. <laughs> At one point, I was watching the movie and I thought, I thought, wow, if you kind of you you kind of do a digital composite of all the people who played Clouseau. It's gonna look like Steve Martin, Peter Sellers, Alan Arkin, Roberto Benini. You yeah. put those three together. That's Steve so in a sense it's like <laughs> it's the obvious yeah it's the obvious choice. But I I completely agree with you. It's a total misfire of casting.
0: Mix it all together, bake it at three fifty. You get Steve Martin. But, but then I the feel I thing... yeah I I, well, I feel like. I don't know. I'll save it. I'll save it for for when for for my save ranking. it because I'm gonna probably agree with you on most of it because that's how I feel about most of these movies. But the one thing I really did respond to was the idea of Lily Tomlin as the etiquette teacher trying to teach Clouseau how to like be updated. Okay, that's one idea I liked. Well,
1: I I. Uh... I hear you. But those scenes felt to me like cut for time SNL sketches. <laughs> that did not belong in the movie. Fine. But I'll I'll give you I'll throw you this but I'll throw you this bone. Mm-hmm. Great work by Andy Garcia. I uh, yes. In fact, one of the ways in which I kind of like... Uh, endured... I like everybody in this movie except Steve Martin. <laughs> one of the ways in which I got through pick Panther 2 was thinking that Andy Garcia was playing his character from Godfather 3. And there's nothing really in the movie to contradict that. I like the guy who <laughs> says, the flambé terrorist.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good stuff.
1: It's an interesting, and we'll go back to this, but I think the verbal comedy can be pretty good in the movie, but the, the visual comedy and uh, the physical comedy is awful. I think that's where the movie falls down. I think you and I are on the same page. And but I the verbal comedy the, for me was enough. There was some good verbal comedy in there, and it, and because Steve Martin worked on the screenplay, I think most of it's coming from him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree.
1: There is there there are there two or three gags where were I am sure were written by Steve Martin.
0: Mhm. I thought the same they're thing.
1: Cle- they're cleverer than anything else in the movie. Yeah. Anyway, uh well, well It'll third... be no surprise. To, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It'll it'll be no surprise to you that that is not the next film on my list. Um I guess not. Given how I'm talking about it. Uh, but bet you're wondering what, could, <laughs> given
0: what the remaining choices are, what could it possibly be?
1: <laughs> then... Oh,
0: there's one. I I I firmly believe it will be. Cause it's a little, it's a dandy little B movie, of nonsense to me. Okay, so um. Uh, the third
1: movie on my list is, is a film that up until what you just said. I suspect you think I hate because of the <laughs> the gratuitous you maybe you know me better than I think you do. Um, the gratuitous underwater footage and given <laughs> what I've thought about what yeah. I've said about video sequels in the past. And now now listen, I am painfully aware of this film's limitations, okay? Yeah, however, I was. I ended up being quite taken by how straightforward, uncomplicated, and transparent this movie was. I'm increasingly drawn to movies that don't try to bullshit you into thinking it's something it's not. And yeah, on the on the level of an exploitation movie and the blatant religious subtext, it, like I felt like this movie delivered on everything it was trying to deal with. Was upfront about it. Was what it was trying to do throughout. So. Yeah. Somehow the next movie on my list is Into the Blue to The Reef.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I I feel the same as you do. The thing that... The thing that fucked around with me was I, you know... So I have Crank Two and Into the Blue Two, and Mm. I didn't know where to go. I kind of I respect Crank Two. (laughs) I guess I'll say as a real movie, (laughs) more (laughs) than than Into the Blue Two. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. It's not easy.
1: But it's not a real movie. it's not a real movie in any sense that I understand. Yeah. Yet, exactly. I know exactly
0: what you're saying. Yeah. Uh but like you, I I don't know what happened while I was watching. It went down in... easy. <laughs> just, when I was watching Into the Blue 2, the Reef. It went down so easy. I I <laughs> it took the
1: burden off you as the viewer to interpret anything. Yes. To do any kind of cognitive work, and I am so grateful for that kind of a movie in my current frame of
0: mind. The only the only thing it made me do at any point was wonder why the cast is playing volleyball against the cast of Survivor and like the Hills. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> beyond that, it's all so straightforward. I yeah. So yeah, I mean, into the blue too. The reef, I mean, even that, that was is next explainable
1: by even that is explainable by stunt casting.
0: I guess yeah, but it would just it seemed so oddly placed. Yeah, well, it's it's
1: like what what do you do when you can't have production values? (laughs) You do whatever you can, and it's like it's like, will they come for you know? Will they come and will these
0: guys come and film a volleyball scene for us? (laughs) Right, sure, right. I mean, it's funny because when I'm watching a movie like Che Part Two, and I'm watching Benicio del Toro, and I'm watching a great actor do great work, and even like the Pink Panther too. I'm watching a great comedian miscast, but I'm still watching a great comedian. Like you said, I'm watching Andy Garcia. I'm watching Alfred Molina. Like, I'm watching Mm -hmm. people I really, really like and respond to. And and there's that thing about star quality, and there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of star quality. Yes, that's that's zero star quality. Like, when you're watching that movie... You you realize okay yeah this is like a buff guy and I guess maybe he's handsome, but that's it you know. But all I could all I could do the whole time I'm watching this I'm like look at them, look at them out there they're doing it they're really doing yep. it they're putting their that's, effort. That's in, it, you know.
1: So they they came into that movie with a plan. And they were like, "Okay, these are this is the limit of what we're doing. The important thing is we never stray outside those limits on either end." Yeah, and I feel like that was conveyed to everyone involved, and everyone involved stuck to that <laughs> totally. guideline. And and then and the movie that they so it's because in, it's interesting because I, I when the movie was over I thought. I would never watch a movie like this by choice, but if I was the kind of person who would, I'd get everything I would
0: need. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's, uh, you, if, you, if this is the kind of movie you would like, you'd be one of those five stars on Prime. That they read at the end. of, of How of, did, this, of how get did this get made? That yeah. are that are often,
1: often misplaced product reviews.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. I
1: was like, it heats fantastically.
0: <laughs>
1: what? Oh man. Yeah. Okay, so so far, you put Pink Panther to second. Is that right? I did. Yeah. So you so. So next on your list is Oh go on. Well you tell me, but I assume it's Crank High Voltage. Yeah. Okay. Just because of how you were agonizing between the two and the other movie that we're we're dealing with. <laughs> that uh, we both know. I I kind of well I don't know if we do actually, but um Uh yeah, so so Crank High Voltage lost out to Into the Blue Two? Yeah, it season. did. And again, is it down to misogyny and racism, or is it? Yeah, mostly. More, more... okay. Content, yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got a case for sure. <laughs> I, I do. You've got yeah. a watertight case when it if you if you're gonna you know, uh, if that's gonna be
0: your if it was a two thousand film, I might rank it higher. But it's a two thousand nine film. Interesting. You know, I just—it's—it's fascinating to me what Hollywood was doing at that time and saying, "Oh yeah, no, this is great," because that movie has—it's got—it's got. got, I think it's a pretty high Rotten Tomatoes. I have to go back and look, but critics like liked that movie. It, not like huge. I think my 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 devil's advocate here
1: would be to say that that. Sex and violence are amplified to the point that they don't exist in the real world anymore, and that there's a problem applying real-world uh, criteria Values. to them, which yeah. is a bit of a cop-out, and you know is what exactly what a racist, sexist person would say in defence <laughs> of their racist, <laughs> sexist movie. But I feel I feel like, given what this movie does stylistically, that is worth kind of keeping in mind because it is a movie that wants to venture venture outside the norms of filmmaking and and both in content and style, very mm-hmm. clearly. So that's why it's kind of higher on my list than it is to yours. But I, I can't I can't disagree with what with what you're saying. Like I said, I don't even know if I like this movie or understand what it is. So, yeah. that, I think what you're talking about is a big part of that. Like
0: why yeah. why this movie. And why then? <laughs> well, I guess the question for you is, will you put Rob Zombie above <laughs> the Pink Panther too? It's a good question
1: because, listen, I like to give credit where credit's due, and it's due, <laughs> which may come may come as a may come as a surprise <laughs> to anyone who's listened to this podcast before. But I actually do, and one of these two movies is so above and beyond its original, uh, the the original reboot that um, that that, that these movies are sequels to. Don't you dare! That it's that it's worth mentioning because. Don't you dare! I mean, not to the point where it's acceptable for release. (laughs) <laughs> but to the point where you can see a filmmaker making choices. Do those choices work? No. Does anything in the movie work? No. But... I, wow. wow. That, that level of improvement is the credit I'm giving the movie. And the credit I'm giving the movie is by not putting it at the bottom of the list. So Halloween 2 is next on my list. Wow. Tom. It's a gear shift up in filmmaking from Halloween. I don't know that
0: it's that. <laughs> I don't know that it's remarkably up in filmmaking, but I think it's a remarkably better film. It is, yes. Yeah.
1: So it. it so there was. You've seen Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, right? Yeah. Uh, Here and there. Not, not an avid yeah. watcher but mean me neither but uh, I, I I'd more watched it when they'll more watch the British original than the the mm. um uh, the American version but I do remember there was this one this one kitchen nightmares where Gordon Ramsay goes into a kitchen and the guy is disorganized the chef is head chef is disorganized um oh, cool. and making terrible food or, okay so he's <laughs> like every episode begins this way the same way and by the end of it. Usually what happens in A Kitchen nightmares the format is Ramsey improves the food and he figures out how the kitchen should run. And he at least leaves it in that state before he comes back and does another episode where it's all fallen apart again. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but in this episode ended differently where, where the guy was still making terrible food but the kitchen was running smoothly and he just kind of left it at that. He was like, look, I'm never going to like the way this guy cooks. Yeah. There are fundamental flaws that cannot be changed without just changing this guy, like getting another (laughs) chef. But the kitchen runs well now. Like they're cranking out food in a way that is commensurate with a real restaurant. So bye-bye. And that's the way I feel about Rob Zombie here. I'm like, look, I'm never going to like the way this guy makes an (laughs) omelette. Sure. (laughs) Makes omelettes out of his films. And there are eggs in this film again but um <laughs> but he's raised his competency game or people around him have so i'm going to give it a little bit of a I'm, i don't know how much he's raised
0: a, it he's cross-cut happy and he's extreme close up but happy that's the in a way that it i i you know i don't
1: but the individual quality of the filmmaking within that is a whole nother level from Halloween, I think. Alright. Halloween two thousand and seven. So but
0: I'm not you know, sure shaking is... the camera while smashing somebody's head is the has the visual impact that he thinks it has, but Well he's always gonna do that's the thing. He's always gonna do that. He's
1: always going to make a terrible omelette. right? You know, it's, it's not... This is
0: Rob Zombie we're talking about, and at some point... And yet, I can still acknowledge that I think that this is a... a I can't believe I'm saying this, a better movie than that original Halloween. And I mean, so self-evidently so. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh,
1: which, again, is not to say that it, that it should have been made, or mm-hmm. anyone should have signed off on its release, but... That's my, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to acknowledge that, you know, that small improvement
0: Yeah. by not putting it at the very bottom of the list. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's at the bottom of my list. Uh, sure. Like I said, I'm going to go crank high voltage too, uh, because of its quirky weirdness. There's no mm-hmm. way I can put it at the bottom of the list. Obviously, no, you and I no. disagree completely about Pink Panther 2. That movie just sort of sits within uh, a genre of comedy that I understand and am familiar with. And it's cool. not, oh, you know, it's not the world's greatest comedy, but there's people in it uh, doing some things that I like. And I think it just goes down easier than any of these other movies. And that's why it's so high at the top of my list acknowledging that it is a movie filled with problems and not nearly as funny as it thinks it is.
1: Or should be.
0: Yeah, or should be, especially considering the cast. But like I said, I think that whole series was fucked from the start because I think Steve Martin is miscast as Inspector Clouseau.
1: Yeah, they have I mean, it's been it's been a it's an almost impossible recast, I think. Yeah, I mean, who would you get? You'd have to do something. Well, they 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 went Ted watts then they went Roberto Benini, and then they went Steve Martin. Yeah, none of them have stuck around for long. Yeah,
0: I think that's the. Th- I mean, I don't
1: think... don't do it. I mean, what why right right why, well, why there do be it more at than all. Long? inspector cluso
0: but it's like i think people think of somebody like steve martin or will ferrell or it's not you know. fucking iron man or you know right it's like
1: right. a it's inspector cluso a character yeah. from a 60s comedy movie that turned into a franchise i mean it's not he's not iconic in the way that characters who you know like a james bond or a, mm-hmm. a superman or anything like that i,
0: I think they think, think of him that superman. way
1: though I know, and it makes no sense to me because it's not even Peter Sellers' best work.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And it's it's actually probably the, my least favorite Peter Sellers comedy character. And oh, you have to it think about that. As I mean, kid. I
0: loved those Pink Panther movies as a kid. I don't dislike them.
1: I, I just think that knowing what Peter Sellers is capable of, it's a. You know, it's like a. It's a shadow of what,
0: of of his. It's possible uh, his we abilities. should do them. I think they were all on Max recently. I, I, I
1: absolutely would love to do them. I don't know if they're still there or not. I don't think so. At some point, we'll we'll definitely have to uh, we'll definitely have to do them because yeah, they're that's the other problem here. Is they went for a very with the Pink Panther two, they went for a very uh, straightforward follow up sequel and mm-hmm. the actual pink panther movies don't do that because the second movie is a shot in the dark which is a right totally different story it's just kind of a you know like a, a drawing room murder mystery mm-hmm. uh with cluso in it yeah and there's even the alan arkin one in between pink panther and uh that's right yeah um, shot in the shot in the dark so so and again, you know, like it, it, and it comes down to like you think the cast is the most important thing, but you got to get the right director too. Mm-hmm. And well, get, we guess know who's back in our lives yeah. is Mr. Harold Zwar. <laughs> Harold <of> Karate Kid <laughs> Two Thousand <laughs> Ten. No, so yeah. Anyway, we'll talk on. It's at the, It's at the bottom of my list, and my biggest. I think my biggest problem with it, and it's interesting that we're doing we're doing uh you know a snapshot of 2009 because i think the biggest problem with this movie is it was made in 2009 i would prefer to see pr- literally anyone in this movie in a different year <laughs> before what, or after what do you mean? Like earlier steve martin earlier steve martin later steve martin oh, earlier okay. john cleese later john cleese yeah you know like it 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 feels like it's the wrong time for everyone to be making this movie all right and that's my kind of that's my biggest uh, problem with me. And again, good comedy a good comedy needs balance, and this doesn't have it because, you know, the, you you get these mo you get these moments where the verbal comedy is very good, but the slapstick is generally pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's smart, and then it's broad, and then it goes back and forth between the two in ways that it just doesn't it just doesn't fit together for
0: me as a as a film. That's fine. In its genre. It's one of those movies I can <laughs> I can sit and watch and not pay too much attention to and then have a good time. OK, that's not a ringing endorsement, but no, I am I mean, but no. in, in the land of 2000, but I think sequels, I think into the blue, I ended up you know, appreciating that.
1: Right. But I'd still say that into the blue, Two does a better job at that.
0: Yeah, you might be right. Despite to, its
1: limitations.
0: I might have to I I I did struggle with where these three movies Pink Panther, Into the Blue, and High Voltage, Crank Two, High Voltage, where they should all sit. Um yeah. I went into this saying I'm not I don't know what I'm going to do. And uh, you know, maybe I'll regret it in the end after we talk about these, but where i am now that that's not an, that's a an, not an unreasonable list that you just put together mm-hmm.
1: i think out of the two of them mine is much more uh arguable because of how high both crank and halloween are in the list oh man but when i come out of this run as high it might be uh, i might feel differently. <laughs> you know i might i have a, a cuz after the runner's high becomes the run, runner's remorse where you're like it's like okay, so every time to to achieve that i have to suffer th- 3 to 5 miles of feeling the worst i ever feel in my life
0: yeah right well the other thing for me was i watched two of these movies as you know we 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 had some hullabaloo going on with the Indiana Jones series where we didn't know we were gonna be able to do it at the end of last year. So we had started yeah. two thousand nine. So I had watched Pink Panther and Crank 2 high voltage so long ago. Mm hmm. And Well, your memory of them is still accurate given what you're
1: saying, so okay. I don't think it's well, to right. the issue here. Good. All and right, I let's you've talk seen, uh seen both of them before as well, which I had not.
0: Yeah. That's how insane I am. <laughs> Let's talk uh, good-bad. Okay. Now, are we both going to say Che Part 2 is a good movie? I, I think it's a very good movie, and surprisingly so.
1: I, I, As I say, I did not see either Che Part 1 or Part 2 when it mm-hmm. came out. I was wary of it. I'd seen Walter Salas' The Motorcycle Diaries, and mm. I felt like a Steven Soderbergh-directed... Benicio del Toro vehicle would would be the kind of americanized star-studded hollywood oh, yeah. biopic version of the Che Guevara story and that's what i thought they were and I, I was just i was to use your word flummoxed yeah by how much that was not the case there's a couple of moments where it kind of strays into that but for the most part it you know benicio del toro is atypically restrained Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've already talked about how Steven Soderbergh's um, direction is e- e- equally understated and and actually doing something very interesting with the genre it's in. Yeah. That it's a it's a really well. I mean, it's based on a diary, and they they do a fantastic job of translating that into. Um, you know. Yeah a screenplay with with the uh, you know with acts and scenes so yeah i think it's a very good movie i mean it's not it's not perfect as i have a couple of issues here and there but uh it's it's definitely good and
0: i think far better than it had any right to be yeah i can't i can't do anything but call it a a very good movie yeah but like i said you know i was just uh <laughs> like waiting yeah, for it's, a it's, it's, you know, it's kind of, oh god. It's too, I get what you're yeah. doing. I get that they're isolated. I get that, but now I'm isolated.
1: But just look at the, you know, look at uh, how good the, the hills
0: and the trees look in the background. That's yeah. what I do whenever I... There's, there was one it's moment... Like if you, even if you zone out, there's something nice to yeah. look at. <laughs> there was one moment in particular when I think, I can't remember who gets shot But he's on the ground and they're tending to him. And then he just has this shot, a point of view shot of him with the trees Mm -hmm. waving in the wind above his head. That's so beautiful. I almost couldn't stand it, you know. Yeah. And the juxtaposition of those things, you know, against each other was really stood out.
1: And Soderbergh makes a a lot of... uh a lot of hard choices like you you sort of think oh this this is the this is the most difficult way you could have filmed this Mm -hmm. but it looks so smooth on screen it's worth it there's a there's a panorama in here i'm like oh that must have been a bitch to choreograph you could have done that so many different ways yeah right that would have been less labor intensive but you went there because you knew it was the right choice and yeah it's interesting. Like I don't like like I, when they're on the I, hills. You mean like
0: that stuff? The
1: oh, they do this panorama. Yeah, and the soldiers when you coming see down. The troops emerging from the grass. Oh my god! I'm just like I'm just like you. You, you pick the most difficult. Yeah. Uh, possible. And as it's panning, humans, all, all of a sudden right somebody
0: one. pops up right in front of the camera yep. and starts moving down. Mm-hmm. That stuff. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's it's just and you know I've liked Steven Soderbergh films. I've liked Benicio de Toro films, but I never actively seek them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, separately or together, so it, it it's that it was surprising. To, it was surprising to me, you know. It's like they, I know they're capable of great acting and directing, but I didn't think that this vehicle would would bring out quite so much good in both of them. Yeah, it's not a Benicio del Toro you see in a lot of films. no, His yeah, performances. no he he earns his bigger moments in this film in a way that he doesn't in say yeah, the absolutely Last Jedi or even the usual suspects which is you know different because that's that's calculated mm-hmm. bigness
0: yeah right <laughs> unplanned bigness too they didn't know he was going <laughs> to well, do that right, yeah
1: they didn't know he was going to do any of that yeah. and, and, and still to this day you'll and you know like now, it, now it's the, it's what gets you through having to watch a Kevin Spacey movie. <laughs> uh, that and Gabriel Byrne's amazing face. He's just like, yeah. just focus on that. I know Kevin Spacey's gonna all, all to right. movie.
0: <laughs> You're going to feel bad when he escapes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but for totally different in reasons. Retrospect,
1: in retrospect, Kevin Pollock should have just done his William Shatner impression, because then we'd have wanted to go back to it and watch yeah. it more
0: all right uh should we cut to the chase or uh, are any of these other movies good
1: I'm I'm struggling there's one or two that I'm struggling with okay. amazingly um crank high voltage is. I, again I, as I said I feel out of depth with it because I don't know if I don't necessarily understand what it is trying to do so how can I say whether it's good or bad at doing that mm-hmm. my instinct is to say it's it's a good movie because I think it's trying to be a hyper hyper violent hyper sexual I think it is successful
0: stuff. at what it's trying to do for sure but I don't know that that And makes it doesn't it good. take
1: itself and it and crucially it doesn't take itself too seriously that's and true. if that's what it was going for I think it nailed it. <laughs> However, there's in the back of my mind I feel like this movie is a horrible misfire and I'm just not getting quite how far it's missing the mark of what it's trying to do. I always have that <laughs> nagging feeling in the back of my mind that i missed something crucial about what this movie is trying to do versus his execution. So See I'm
0: more I'm more I think it's <laughs> I think it's nailing what it's trying to do. I don't know that it should have been trying to do it. Agreed. Agreed.
1: Well, stylistically, yes, politically, no. Right. Um, which is why I struggle. But in the end, I'm in a. Did you know? There's not. It, it's. It's full of, and again, I don't know this area of cinema well enough to sort of like. I haven't watched a lot of Jason Statham movies. Mm. Like I don't regularly watch this kind of act, this kind of modern action cinema. So I've I've got no point of comparison. Well uh, go and no see the beekeeper control experiment. They back to me. I'm not going to go see the beekeeper. <laughs> but I, I I can't imagine that they're that any of them go to this extent of creative risk taking. Right. I mean I I was assumed that it was just they were just like John Claude Van Damme films or you know, we just like churn them out, right? <laughs> just keep he, you know, as long as he's as long as he's kicking people the right way,
0: we're for, that's we're all that
1: matters. But that but crank high voltage makes is like no. I mean, this is like <laughs> Jason Statham is the least interesting thing about this movie.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, you know, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't see a lot of films like this, uh, so I'm going to say it's a good film. All right. With that caveat that I don't see a lot of, I don't see a lot of these kinds of <laughs> films, and I've never really seen a film like this, and for some reason that adds up to me as it being a good movie.
0: Yeah, its cavalierness was just a little bit too much for me, in terms of po- politically. Well, but it, it, yeah, yeah, okay,
1: okay. And I didn't react. It's well bad to taste. It. Yeah, it's in bad. It's in poor taste. Yeah. But I think again, I think that is what they're going for overall. Whether I they have the right think, to do that is a I don't know, question. yeah.
0: That's the part where I'm... <laughs> like, yes, I think that's what they're going for, but to me, it's a blind spot of I think... I don't think they're doing it ironically. I think they think these things are really funny. No. and that I, don't me, I don't think they're like. doing it... I don't think they're doing it ironically. I think they're doing
1: it in bad taste. Yeah. With an awareness of quite how offensive what they're doing is. Right. But not
0: challenging that in any way. So, yeah, I don't know. For 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 those reasons, I I got to call it a bad movie. Okay. I didn't react too well to that movie this time around. And I think it has You liked it more the first time you saw it? Yeah, I think I did. And I th- I think I felt guilty about it. Yeah. I think that's part of it.
1: Oh, so this this is the sort of like watching you know, watching yourself get caught on camera yeah. doing yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Versus at versus the experience of doing it where you're like, This isn't so bad. Yeah. And then someone films it, shows you, you go, Oh, that's pretty funny. Oh yeah, film. I
0: did I I that wasn't nice what I did there. I should not have kicked it. that grandma. Make... <laughs> but at the time, it seemed like really it the only really thing I could like do. the only choice was to kick that fucking grandma. <laughs> <laughs> she was being really loud.
1: You know, she didn't seem to mind. Yeah. But now I can see that that was worse.
0: <laughs> now that I see it, it was horror on her face, she wasn't laughing. Yeah. No, I see that she made that choice
1: of saying it's okay because she was in fear of me. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it All is. It's right. a total. It's a total grandma kicker of a movie. I yeah, totally. Yeah, I love. I think that term needs to go forward into our descriptions of movies. Is it a grandma kicker? Yeah, I feel is it a movie
0: where you look. You look back and you're guilty about having watched it. <laughs> I feel about. Uh, I I started the one I started wrestling with for reasons unbeknownst to me completely, because how could it possibly be a good film? But uh, Into the Blue 2, The Reef, to me, that's my other one, like Mm -hmm. working on its own terms, working on exactly, uh, was the closest I got to good.
1: It does not overextend itself. no. Which I feel like for a direct-to-DVD movie is pretty much the whole game. Yeah, right? Actually, it does overextend itself just at the end. Um. But in a way that's just like, you know, I hold my hands up, we ran out of budget. (laughs) That's not our fault. (laughs) I know, it's like, look what the kind of movie we are. What did you expect? Almost. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Fuck. I, so here, here, this is where value comes into play because it's like it's clearly bad filmmaking, but right. it's good video. Uh huh. <laughs> this movie gives good video, <laughs> and that's what it is. It's video. Well, it's never I kind of felt the I, what I found
0: myself relating this movie to was uh, Omen Four. Yeah, I thought you know, about your description
1: of Omen Four there where you were like, Well, what do you expect? Yes,
0: yeah, so a Canadian made for Canadian. Could this possibly Canadian be better than a movie? His? Like
1: <laughs>
0: It exceeded all expectations. Yeah. And it's interesting because
1: you, you can you can rationalise that by comparing it to the other Omen films mm-hmm. in that you know, when we were doing that ranking, here you're you're you know, yeah you're quite right. literally Unintended at sea because well, your points the, of comparison are so disparate. You, that's can't, the weird, you that's, can't link it to anything yeah. else.
0: That's the weird part, right? <laughs> Where I, I labeled the Pink Panther 2 above that movie, but I'm completely comfortable saying that's a bad movie.
1: Yeah, because the, that was meant to be, re, that, you know, it was a wide release theater yeah. movie and it's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not excelling on those terms. Right. Into the Blue 2 is a... I think most people would agree... A pretty decent video sequel. If you... If you, <laughs> if you ended up being forced to watch that movie... Yeah, right. You wouldn't... You, you wouldn't bear a grudge against having done that. I don't think. Maybe... I don't know. I think you and I are different. <sighs> I think age is what... I, I This is where I feel old. Because I'm just like... I, I know there are better movies... I could be watching out there, but right now,
0: sure, I feel okay <laughs> yeah. that this is the movie I'm watching. Yeah, the whole time again, I goes... was watching Into the Blue to the Reef, I thought this is not a night wasted. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm having a good time. <laughs> put put that on the back of the DVD box,
1: right? Like, not a night wasted. <laughs> People were like, Jesus, this must be a good video sequel. (laughs) Look
0: look what it says there. You know what? But again,
1: it goes back to. It goes back to. Strictly on those
0: terms, I'm going to call it a good movie. I had a good time. But I kept thinking. I kept
1: relating it to, like, you know, other weird fascinations I have with totally middle of the road media, like, I mean, extensively discussed in our Twilight episodes or. Yeah. Um, you know i talked about how sometimes i want to get away from it all and put on a lifetime movie and i and i i sure. don't want it specifically do not want it to tax me that's why i'm watching it that's why i'm turning it on <laughs> and that's all i'm judging it against uh, you know and it's in in food terms it's Velveeta and shells it's like yes of course there's something better i could be eating right now but is it going to scratch the itch that i've got right now no. right right for simplicity and comfort. And Into the Bluetooth, sadly, for where I am now in my life, delivered that. <laughs> <laughs> so, does that mean it's good? I would say it's, yeah, I'm going to say it's a good movie. All right. Yeah. I can't turn around after that discussion and then say, actually, though, I do think it's a bad movie. I'm not going to Star <laughs> Wars prequel you. You'd probably be right. <laughs> but in context in context it it it's it works i don't know how else to put it It, yeah i know i know exactly what you mean yeah for what it is it is no pretense to be anything other than it is um I, I kind of I feel like, I feel like it's a movie that could have gone in two different directions at the development stage. It could have either done what it, you know, be kind of a a mainstream direct to DVD movie or like you know one of those kind of Showtime after hours movies. Yeah, right. That's like totally. soft-course sex film. Like I felt that there's a point in the screenplay where, you know, <laughs> they could yeah. diverge into either of those.
0: Yeah. A silk stockings. And it did not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right it just kind of like you know red shoe diaries or kind of red like shoe Di- yeah, that's the if, yeah like if these if these like if these two couples decide they're going to just start having sex with each other that's the right. movie it will <laughs> become <laughs> that's
0: the movie we'll watch and then it'll become but, you know uh an early 90s uh you know like a consenting adults uh final analysis like that yeah. wave of of those psychosexual movies that came out because of Basic Instinct. Or kind of skin
1: yeah. you know, like a Skinner Max kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. So, that's the level we're dealing at here. Yeah. So, you can't, you you, you can't, I don't think you can apply rigorous cinematic criteria to it in the way that you can the others in the, Certainly Shape Art 2. Yeah. All right. Um,
0: I think... That just leaves but yeah, us it's with
1: a Halloween 2. Uh, Halloween is bad. Yeah, it's a bad movie. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, Rob Zombie's bad. I mean, he he's incapable of making a, a good movie. <laughs> I gotta just... He is. I mean, he's... <laughs> but he seems to have surrounded himself by people who know how to light a scene and hold a camera still, and that makes a huge difference. That's all I'm saying. Well, I don't know how still that camera is.
0: Certainly not during murder Stiller scenes.
1: Stiller than it was. And I watched these back to back. That's how long we've been doing this. I've watched Halloween and Halloween 2 pretty much back to oh, back. So God. when you do that, you realize that, that we've gone up a level. All right.
0: One rung. <laughs> one one rung, yeah. it's <laughs> We're one rung at the ladder. It's one rung uh, on the ladder
1: From the worst thing that's ever happened in cinema. (laughs) (laughs) It's one rung above lava, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Above a sea of molten lava devouring everything in its wake.
0: Oh mercy. All right. Well that's it. Yeah. what an interesting discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Consider these movies ranked and
1: declared. I, we, I don't think we've ever covered quite quite a range of
0: films. I in know, one episode. right? Yeah, from the lackluster slapstick of a Pink Panther two, to the porn gore of a Halloween two, and then everything in between. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. Like that, each movie's take
1: on violence is very different. Yeah. Yes. Right. Even down to the Pink Panther. Yeah. And, you know, I consider slapstick to be violence. Yes, it's just it violence. Is. Yes. Violence done differently. Right. Yeah. It's this is what it is. But uh, each film has its own uh take on that of how, of uh, of how we do it. Yeah. And I got I got a lot of interesting things to say about one particular fight scene in Into the Blue (laughs) 2,
0: which (laughs) I
1: feel like went above and beyond the call of duty of what was demanded of those actors. Okay. Those actors are still talking about that today. It's like, see that scar? Into the Blue (laughs) 2.
0: Look forward to that, everyone. All right, there you have it. We've ranked and declared for the 2009 single sequels, or at least half of them. You're going to have to tell us what you think. It's
1: only the first half.
0: (laughs) Of these five films. (laughs) What do you do? You know what to do. Come on, send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. Go ahead and find us on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, The government has given way too much control to Elon Musk, so don't do anything for him. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) When you hear us next, we'll be talking Halloween, too. Fuck you, NASA. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Say goodbye to everybody, Tom. Sugarcane, sweet, sweet sugarcane,
1: sugarcane, sweet, sweet sugarcane. <laughs> you know what song that's from, the that movie that's from? It's got to be Into the Blue, too. It, yeah, it is. It's <laughs> one of the many songs on that soundtrack that is Jamaican adjacent. Adjacent, Without yes. being actually recorded by a Jamaican artist. While they ride jet skis. I, um, yeah, exactly. Oh, and predictably, I could not find a recording of that song online. <laughs> but looking at the looking at the songwriting credits, I, I I feel like I'm validated because the two people who wrote that song are called Nick Frost and Jeff Siegel. So <laughs> I don't think either of them have Jamaican heritage. I don't think so.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah, that... that's
1: what I like to call aj Mason <laughs> Jamaican adjacent music.
0: <laughs> All the more reason to watch that movie.
1: Yeah. Oh so mercy! Yeah. Uh, Cinemax, get that Cinemax add-on. Yeah, man. Get your free trial. Watch Into the Blue to the Reef, and then cancel it. That's what I did. <laughs>
0: All right, everyone. What lives we lead. What lives. Uh, We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening.
1: I like to think I know something about beer. But nowadays, even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in nations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need. The Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherfers, guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.